Hey, bunch of besties. Happy New Year. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties. My name is Sam Prevo, and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer Molia. Um, it snowed. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my leadoff today. It snowed. Happy January. There's oh. snow outside. <laughs> and I'm Ariel Melendez, and it also snowed. So there's yep. there's my little my little Yeah, I think I think I'm the only person day. that hasn't had snow cuz <laughs> I live in the south. Um but yeah, I mean, Jen, great thing to lead off with because as I learned in school, when you do a newscast, weather, if there's a weather event, it's the most important thing to talk about cuz everyone cares about the weather. So true. It snowed. Um so it's been a minute and we ha- took a lovely little break for the holidays we were all traveling we were all spending time with our families safely uh because you know the world is still in a panini (laughs) um and now it's the new year new year new us so true still but we're still it's we're still gonna be our chaotic selves but hopefully a better version of our chaotic selves (laughs) (laughs) That that being said while we were away um I saw the greatest movie of all time, Spider-Man No Way Home. I actually agree. I actually think it is the greatest movie of all time. Um, And I I said right before we recorded that since we spent a half hour talking (laughs) about Taylor Swift's album, I'm going to spend a half hour or maybe less, I don't know, rambling (laughs) about my thoughts about Spider-Man No Way Home because I have many thoughts and I've had many thoughts since the day I saw it. So true. It was a masterpiece. It's so good. It was the most beautiful tribute to s- source material and canon canon lore while also giving it a unique spin. And that is what I'll say because there are so many times like where like they take the source material and just completely destroy it. Like my favorite book series has been a movie and a TV show, and both were horrible. <laughs> so I know what that's like. But this just took the original comics, the movies that came before the Marvel, the MCU Spider-Man movies, It took and the current MCU lore, it took all of it and just blended it into a beautiful love letter to the character. And I just wish Stan Lee could have seen it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like the scene. Aww. So I, I'm go. I'm not even going to give a spoiler warning at this point because Andrew Garfield's embargo on talking about being in the movie is over. <laughs> so I think that gives me like the right to not say spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it yet, if yeah. you haven't, if you don't know what happens, I'm so sorry. But like, I feel like if you're gonna see it by now, like you've seen it. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, the scene where the three of them are on the scaffolding and they're running and they're about to take their leap towards the, everyone says it's a sinister six. There's five of them guys. I've counted in my head so many times. There's five of them. I counted in my head so many times because I'm like, it wasn't the sinister six. It was goblin, doc, Ock, lizard, sandman, and electro. That's five. Good math. Okay. Good math, Sam. Anyway, when they're leaping towards the sinister five. Uh, I just, if Stan Lee could have seen just the three versions of his character in unison, 
flying towards their greatest adversary is I I just can't like I I can't I like I melt every time I think about it but there's so many things about it they paid so much attention to these tiny little details Mm -hmm. like um I don't know Jen if you've seen the uh, or Ariel if you've seen the first to the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies I have none of yeah so when Toby when Toby's Peter it's very confusing when I talk about the different Peters when Toby's Peter (laughs) meets Doc Ock for the first time and they're talking, Doc Ock, like, he's going to work for him. For those who don't know Spider-Man lore, Doc Ock is a scientist. Peter works for Doc Ock, said scientist. He becomes a mentor to him. Um, when Doc is talking about, like, like basically it's like a little job interview. He says to Peter that he's heard that he's lazy. And and uh, Peter, Toby's Peter says, I'm trying to be better. And then, in No Way Home, when Doc Ock sees his Peter when he sees Toby's Peter and he says like Peter my boy like how are you so Toby says I'm trying to be better the, there were so many things like that where like it didn't register in my head until hours after and then yep. I would just sit there and no, be I was like there. yeah I literally I was ranting to my dad because I saw so I saw it with my dad who's like the not like my mom's the Marvel person like my mom right. and I have seen almost every MCU project in theaters together there's like a handful that we haven't I think like I could count on one hand the ones that we haven't seen in theaters together and just because of the way the timing came out like I couldn't I would have had to wait till almost New Year's to see it with my mom and there's no way I could have avoided spoilers so I basically got on my knees and begged my dad to go with me no but he agreed. He was like, well, it's it's Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch, two of your favorite people in the world. Little did so he true. know I'm also in love with Andrew Garfield. So it was just like, I was like, exactly, Dad, you're right. <laughs> so we found tickets and we went. And like, he's he's seen most of the Marvel movies. He's just a big Iron Man guy. And he's still kind of salty that that Iron Man is no longer with us. So Understandable. Uh, so he enjoyed it, but not as much as me. So then he just had to hear me like excitedly rambling for the next like two days straight about mm-hmm. the things I was noticing about the movie. But the first thing that, like, was, like, my big holy shit moment was about Doc Ock because if you've seen the movie, he's, like, not – he's a villain. Obviously, he tries to kill Peter on the highway. That's, like, the big, like – that's, like, the big, like, moment in the trailer when he's, like, you're not Peter Parker, kind of alluding to, like, the whole, like, multiverse thing. But very early on, because Peter's – Tom's Tom's Peter's mission is I'm going to send them back. If I send them back to their universe as is, they'll die. So I want to f- cure them of whatever's making them a villain. So that way, when they go back to their universe, they won't die. That's basically the big mission he has. Yeah. And Doc is Doc Ock is the first villain that he cures. And it's very early on in the movie. So throughout most of the movie, Doc Ock is not actually a villain. And I, like, obviously, like, that's great. I love Doc Ock. But then after the movie, I was like, holy shit, that makes the most sense. Because canonically, Doc Ock is the, of the the villains in in the Spider-Verse, Doc Ock is the one that when they weren't, when they were, like, normal, they were the closest person to Peter. That's true. Like, he's a, he's his boss, his mentor, in a lot of cases, his pseudo father figure because he doesn't have a dad or Mm. uncle ben so like it makes the most sense that he would be the one to be fine and ultimately be the reason that they win the fight in the in the end anyway Mm -hmm. because he's and he's like the least like villain like 
Green Goblin, you could argue, is a villain on purpose, especially with the way Willem Dafoe, like, played it out. He's and, so good. He's, he's so good. He's he stole good. that movie. Him and Tom Holland. <laughs> give them Oscars. Um, <laughs> but Doc Ock, like, he's really, like, it's it's the machinery that, like, fucks him up. Yeah. So, like, he's, like, it. the, the line is kind of blurred of, like, is he a villain to be a villain or is he just, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just makes the most sense that he would be the one to like help them out and like be cured first and not really be a villain in this in the story ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy shit. Like I was sitting there like in my car, like mind blown on the way home from the movie. I'm like, they really did that. <laughs> and um obviously the big one is that Andrews Peter couldn't save Gwen, <gasps> his love interest. He tries to save her. Again, if you haven't seen The Amazing Spider-Man, highly recommend it. Um, no, we can't give a spoiler warning for that because that came out like that came out years ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just filling in the blanks, especially for Ariel. Yeah. So, um, Gwen is falling off of a building. Andrews Peter decides I'm gonna web her back up. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And unfortunately, he does web her, but it's too late. <laughs> And she smacks the ground, breaks her back, and dies. It's so bad. I rewatched it's that movie so the other day, and, like, I didn't you realize... You just see the crotch. It's so bad. I didn't realize. I thought sh- she just, like... I don't know how I thought she died, but I did not remember that you hear her head, like, smack yeah, you, the concrete. Yeah, yeah, her head smacks the concrete, and, her like, her whole, like, spine just breaks. It's really bad. And, like, when he's trying to... Sit, like, the web comes out, and it's, like, a little hand, and he's, like, yep. trying to get her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he feels responsible because he could have saved her, and he didn't. So, in the big fight, MJ... Tom's Peter's girlfriend uh, is falling similarly, seemingly to her death, and Tom can't save her. And so Andrew's Peter learned his lesson, which was the big thing. I was like, oh, my God. Instead of trying to web her, he just dives down right after her, scoops her up, and then webs them so they can just land on the ground. And she looks at him, and he's like, and he's tearing up. Because he's looking at her like, holy shit, I just, like, I just, like, made, made like, I, re- like, repented, basically. <laughs> and she looks at him, and, and she's like, are you okay? Because she knows. And he's yeah. like, I'll be okay. I was like, stop it! That's, I think that's what I liked so much about this movie is that it was sort of like you said at the beginning, Sam. Like, it it does all those callbacks to, like, the other, like, franchises and the other movies but not in a way where there's no storyline like I I went to see the new Ghostbusters movie that came out mm-hmm. and I'm not a Ghostbusters person so if you are a Ghostbusters person you probably enjoyed it more than I did but the whole time I was just like I don't get it I'm confused I, I think- don't know what's happening and it's because like it's so that movie was so devoted to the fan service that there really wasn't a lot of plot like it was just like ooh, look at these old guys that used to be in the movies and look at this and look at this and I think that like what this movie did right is that there is that element of fan service with like the other two spider men and like the callbacks but it still is like a cohesive story that moves things along. And like by the end, I was like, well, I'm ready to see the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I agree with you. I've seen a lot of criticisms of this movie uh, of this movie, which how could you criticize this movie? But the main so criticism was that it was fan servicey. And I'm like, I 
I think anyone that says this movie's too too fan servicey hasn't actually seen it. Yeah. Because Toby and Andrew's characters, they're pivotal in the storyline, absolutely. But they are not introduced in this movie until I would say the halfway point. I was gonna say at least halfway, yeah. At least halfway. The whole first half of the movie is about the struggles of MCU's Peter. Mm-hmm. Of the fact that he now the whole world knows who he is. Now he's public enemy number one because people think he's a murderer. How him and his girlfriend and his best friend can't get into their dream school because they're associated with him. Like that yeah. that's all real issues that have nothing to do with the quote unquote fan service of introducing Andrew and Toby. Yeah. And, and the fact that they introduced this concept of the multiverse, which is important going forward. Um, like you said, it, 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 there's all context for it. Like mm-hmm. the reason that all these villains that, that we've grown to love from the other movies, the reasons that they come through into our, this universe, there's a reason for it. It's not, they just, they don't just show up. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I also think that like it, it really ties up any loose ends from like the old movies like especially I, Andrew's movies. That's what I was gonna say because he was always my favorite Spider-Man. Like obviously, Me too. I have nothing against Tom Holland. I think he's doing a great job. But like the amazing Spider-Man movies were like the ones that were out and were popular when I first started getting into Marvel. I'll so like, what I said when you're done. <laughs> okay. Um. So like those were the ones that were always like special to me, and I have always said. Andrew Garfield should not be blamed because he was put in mediocre movies. It is not his fault. Um, and I, I've been rewatching a bunch of Marvel stuff while I've been home for winter break just because there isn't much else to do. Um, and after rewatching both of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I was like, none of the problems with this movie are Andrew Garfield's fault. Like, no. I, I really like the first Amazing Spider-Man. I probably wouldn't change much about that. The second movie is like, why is Rhino there? don't understand i know why green goblin's there and it's to kill gwen but also why is he there and why is he the son and why do we just see the dad die like there there's so much wrong with it but none of it is andrew garfield's fault so i always had like this like chip on my shoulder about it where i was like guys like why are we being mean to andrew garfield it's not his fault um and so the fact that like he was able to come back in this movie he was funny he was incredible and then like when i when i went on twitter and stuff after i saw the movie everyone was like we want amazing spider-man 3 like we loved him so much yep. and let me tell you i have not forgotten i have not forgotten that in me neither me neither i have not forgotten that in the amazing spider-man 2 there was there was that silly little black cat cameo and there was that silly little alistair smite thing i have not forgotten that we were setting up the sinister six for andrew garfield have not forgotten i have not forgotten that like when we ended it he was all weepy and he was all sad that his girlfriend died and like he was gonna come back and like fight the Sinister Six. Like literally has not left my mind. Um nope. Marvel, if you're listening, I think you should still make it. I think you um, should So this is the thing with like the Sony Marvel uh thing. Because the thing with the thing, if you will. Yeah, so this is what so when you said that Andrew was your favorite Spider-Man, uh, he was mine pre Tom Holland. Yes. So this has always been my my viewpoint of the three Spider-Mans, and I still and I still stand by it based from their movies. This is No Way Home. This is not this is has nothing to do with how they acted in No Way Home because it was written by 
MCU people. So right. from their movies alone, Tobey Maguire is an excellent Peter Parker. He's not, he's an okay Spider-Man. Yes. Andrew Garfield's a great Spider-Man. He's an okay Peter Parker, except for the way they wrote him in the MCU, which is how they should have written him the whole time in the first place. Yes. Then Tom is a good mix of both. I would agree is, with that. Which is the writing, obviously. Because this that was the first thing I thought when I left the theater. I said, how was Andrew Garfield a better Peter Parker in one half of a movie <laughs> than he was in two whole movies by himself? Well, that's the thing is, like, he, like you said, he's a good Spider-Man because he is so, like, charismatic. And, like, in the, in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he, like, sees the little kid and he's like, what's your name? I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, give me a high five. Let me walk you home. Like, doing that stuff, he's so good. But I think that the reason why he sort of falls short as Peter Parker is because he is so charismatic. Like, Peter Parker's supposed to be a nerd and, like, not get girls except for, like, the one girl that he gets and, like, just, like, be, ooh, he's so he's so smart, but he's such a loner. And, like, he just didn't play that. Like, he played him like a yeah. better person than he Yeah, is. it's just, like, though I feel like one of the trademarks of Peter Parker is that, like, he isn't sure of himself. He stumbles on his words, like, all yeah. that stuff, like, the way especially and especially around mj or any or gwen or whatever girl it is yeah. that, whatever you know timeline you're in but the way especially the way he talks to gwen when they're uh, when they're dating i mean it's great but like it's not peter parker if that no, makes yeah. sense like, i shouldn't be watching it and being like oh he's so smooth like he should not be smooth like right. Exactly. Like she, like she should be looking at him like you're a fucking dork, but you're my fucking dork, and I love you. <laughs> like that's that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, and that that was always my my, and that and again, that's writing, obviously. Yeah. Like that has nothing to do with if they wrote him that way, Andrew would play him that way. So that's that that was why I always defended Andrew. I was like, yeah. you can't blame him for playing the character the way that it was written. No, exactly. Yeah. Because he, oh, Spider Man, like. I th- every every all three of them had prior like knowledge of the character they didn't go in blind playing this well-beloved character so it's it, uh, anyway that was just and and i also am partial to tom holland because stanley s- said that tom was always how he envisioned peter parker no like you said he's such a good mix of both and i also think it's because like it's also his height apparently he's supposed to be short yeah, like that that's what I was going to kind of say is like he he's he like looks like a kid. Like not that mm-hmm. but I mean if you're watching the the Amazing Spider-Man like Andrew Garfield looks like an adult. And even if you're watching the original ones like Tobey Maguire does not look like a kid. And I want to say in Homecoming he's supposed to be like 15 or 16 like yeah. he looks it. Like he he doesn't mm-hmm. look like and that's just a general gripe I have with like the world when very clearly adults are playing teenagers um and so i think it's like a, i think it's like a legal thing with like labor and all that shit like oh yeah having adults is easier which is a whole other thing but <laughs> it, it, it is very annoying when like i'm 27 but i'm playing a kid who's 16 yeah no so that's why i think he like does such a great job and i'm i'm very interested to see what happens next because my my immediate thought when i finished the movie was like oh he has no one now yeah, that like, I was gonna get to that part too because now, now I talked about the fan service part. I knew as soon as May said, "With great power comes great responsibility." I was like, "Oh, she's dead. She's gone." I was like, "It's done. It's dead. 
I, it's done. She's dead. I, they didn't have to do that to me the way they did it, where she's like, I just want to lay down. And he's like, May, wake up, wake up, May, wake up. I was like, I was like, it's Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good all over again. It was, and the fact that like her eyes didn't even close, like messed me up so bad. You just, I don't know how they do it in movies. I don't know how actors do it when you just see the life leave them with their eyes open. I don't know how they do it. I just don't know how they do it. And like him, I think it was one of the most powerful shots in the movie. It's raining, of course, for cinematic effect. And he's standing there with his with his mask off, but he's still in, in like his messed up suit in the rain. And you hear J. Jonah Jameson going off in the background yeah. about how Spider-Man's evil and it's all his fault and how like innocent people. Uh, my friend and I were talking about this and how he's going off about how like the innocent are the ones that are affected by all this. And is not peter is peter not innocent like, yeah what is he, he done innocent little boy like what, what is- has he done <laughs> and i well the one little heart attack that i had was obviously at the very end they the world has to forget who peter is in order for everyone to go away um and two things one thing broke me the other i almost had a heart attack when he says goodbye to MJ and she says, I love you. And he says, he's going to say, I love you back. And she stops him and says, tell me next time I see you. Yeah. I was like, no, no. Balling. I brought tissues to the theater. So I was like soaking up all my tissues, like bawling my eyes out. And then he goes to her work. He's rehearsing what he's going to say to her. There's a little paper. To say- he had a little paper. He's, it's, he's like, I'm Peter. Like, you, he's going to explain to them, like, who he is. So that way, everything will be fixed. Because that was the plan. He walks in. I don't know if you had the same thought, Jen. But when Ned walked in, I almost thought that him and MJ were going to be dating. I thought so, too. Stop. Okay. Stop. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Because I was like, no, no. They can't be dating. That would fuck me up. No, no, no. But they didn't. I they was were- so scared. Thankfully, they stuck. Thankfully, this was another thing that they paid attention to. Thankfully, her, it seems like MJ and Ned without Peter stay just like acquaintances. Yeah. They don't, they know of each other because they go to school together and their class isn't that big, but they aren't friends, Mm -hmm. which I thought was a good touch because they wouldn't be friends without Peter. Exactly. Like the reason that they're friends is because Peter likes her. And like they would be friendly because yeah. they're on like the, they're on the decathlon academic decathlon team together or whatever, mm-hmm. and they go to the same school. And like as a New York City, a former New York City high school student, those specialized <laughs> those specialized schools have very small classes. Like my high school class was two hundred and seventy kids, so I knew yeah. basically everybody. Um, and I'm sure Midtown's is even smaller because it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like Bronx Science, which is like yeah. super prestigious. Um. So, like, they would know everybody in their class, especially if they're on the decathlon team together. So it would make sense that they're friendly, but they wouldn't be as close as they were because of Peter. So when they come in and start talking about MIT, I was like, thank God they're not dating because that would have ruined me. But I thought Peter was going to ask MJ about the Black Dahlia necklace. Okay, that's what what I said after the movie, because I'm always that person that's, like, looking for, like, plot holes and stuff, and that was the one thing that I couldn't get over, is be like, how'd you get your necklace? Where'd you, where'd you get from? Well, I think, I think, I I think in that moment, this is the only thing I can think of, I think in that moment, he realized that he's not going to tell them who he is, Mm -hmm. and so he's like, if I bring it up, then that opens the can of worms of, like, having to tell them who I am 
Yeah. So I think he just let it go. And then he and I and honestly, coming from Peter's perspective, he would be more concerned that she like has the cut on her forehead that's healing. He would probably check in on her and be like, yeah. how is it better? Because um, he still cares, but he still loves her. Um, that when, when he asked her about it and she was like, it's okay. Like it doesn't hurt as much anymore. I think that was like the, the moment that like clicked for him. And I was like, mm. yeah, I mean, he just, he's, I think he's like, that's also why I love this Peter. Cause it, it is the, like, he is the moral standard is what Peter Parker lives by that. Like literally every single person in the world comes before himself. Yeah. And like that's a whole other thing. Like, hence why he had to fix all these people before he sent them back. He probably needs tons of therapy and like needs to work on self-image and all that kind of stuff. But like, regardless, he puts every other person before himself. And so, seeing how happy they were about going to MIT and how knowing who he is could potentially fuck that up down the road, and how it would just make their lives more difficult, he sacrifices his happiness basically for theirs. And, ow. <laughs> also, the added touch of talking to Happy at May's grave. Uh, fuck you, Marvel. I'm suing for emotional damages. Um, because what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he's standing at May's grave and and uh and Happy comes up and goes, "Well, how'd you know her?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, we're not going down this road. No, no." no. And what's he say? Isn't he just like, "Oh, because of Spider Man?" Yeah, he said through Spider Man, which I thought was interesting that. Happy knows that he knows Spider-Man, but he just doesn't know that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it was fascinating to me, the way they, like, the the intricacies of the spell. And I think those little moments, the, like, intricacies of how the spell works are going to be vital going forward, obviously, Mm -hmm. because, spoiler alert, they're making a Spider-Man 4. So (laughs) we'll see how all that comes. And then in the post credit scene... Venom leaves a little bit of the symbiote behind. I don't know if you caught that, Jen. I don't know if you've seen yeah. the Venom movie. No, I haven't seen them, but I kn- I knew enough to be like, okay. Um, and I'm I'm wondering if that's gonna be the focus of the next Spider-Man movie. So, this is the thing. <laughs> so I don't know if the Morbius movie, which got pushed again for whatever reason, the which I want to see it. Um, so the Morbius movie, I don't know if that's taking place in MCU Spider-Verse or Sony Spider-Verse because there's a shot. So canonically in MCU, Oscorp doesn't exist. Right. That was, that was confirmed by Goblin, by, um, Norman Osborn. He said, there's, I went to try to go to Oscorp. There's no Oscorp. <laughs> and he said, there's people living in my house. There is none. So, so there's no Oscorp. But in Morbius, when they show the city skyline, there's an Oscorp building. Oh, that that's interesting. And, however, that would say that he's in the Sony Spider-Verse. However, he ends up meeting... MCU vulture Michael Keaton he ends up meeting him because he broke out of prison we're just so I don't know what universe that's taking place in yeah and that would affect obviously going forward like the the potential of Andrew Garfield coming back as because now they introduce that they can coexist at the same time because they're in different universes so they could Sony could go ahead and make a new Andrew Garfield Spider-Man 
um, which would affect like, where does Venom come in? Does Venom somehow come into the MCU or do they make a new MCU Venom with another actor that takes that part of the symbiote that was left behind by Tom Hardy's character? Yeah, I I think that Venom is like the logical next step um, for like the next like Spider-Man villain because if you think about how Peter Tom Holland Peter is left at the end of this movie, like he has no one. He doesn't really know who he is. Nobody else knows who he is. All he got is like his old apartment, his old Legos, and his GED book. Like well, that is it. it so, I love like, that he has to take the GED first of all. Second so of all, funny. Um. <laughs> The one other thing was the other tie was that the little uh, Palpatine Lego that he puts down, it's from the Lego Death Star that him and Ned built. Oh, that is messed up. Don't yeah. like that. Don't like that. Yeah, in the in Homecoming when he closes his locker and he's like, <laughs> "You are going to build the Lego Death Star." It's that one. I can't. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Also, uh, everyone who's not from New York, uh, there's no significance to the to the to the design of the takeout coffee cup. That is what every takeout coffee cup in New York ever looks like. Hope is there like a theory with that? Yeah, people were like, "Oh my god, it's the coffee cup!" Like it's in other movies too. I'm like, yes, because in New York, <laughs> that, is that is what coffee cups. That look is like. that that design is on every takeout coffee cup from like every deli everywhere in New York. So uh, there's no significance to it no. other than the fact that he clearly brought it to the apartment and it's clearly full because he didn't go there to buy a coffee. He went there to explain to MJ who he was, but then had to call an audible when he decided he's not going to tell them who he is. And he bought a coffee and left. That was, that yeah. was the significance of the coffee cup. So but I'm yeah. sorry to everyone who's trying to read into the coffee cup. <laughs> I think Venom would be a cool next step because Venom would be cool. Venom's supposed to be like, the anti-Spider-Man. Um, and I think that the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies absolutely butchered Venom. Well, I, I Oh think- my god, they did. It was so bad. I remember seeing that in theaters. It was so bad. Spider-Man 3? I don't care what you have to Spider-Man say. Spider-Man 3 was so bad. It was the worst one. The I don't care what one. you have to say about the amazing Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man 3 is the worst Spider-Man movie and one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Just Yeah, period. Period. Jen, I saw that in theaters. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. Yeah, okay. No. How do you feel for me? I saw it in theaters. The fact that Mans doesn't notice there's a fucking alien crawling around in his bedroom. No, and then and then like he gets the like swoopy haircut and then he does the like d- dance and it's just it's just not good. And also some Okay, but the dance is iconic. That's the only thing. That's the only good thing that Spider-Man 3 brought us was him being like, "Hey, hey, finger guns down the street." Like that was the best part. And something I remembered Actually, the day that I saw No Way Home is that they, like, low-key try to introduce Gwen in, like, Spider-Man 3 with Toby. Like, she's yeah. just, like, there, but, like, she's not really doing much. And I don't then, know like, what they were doing. I don't know if they planned on it being longer than a trilogy and they were yeah. going to, like, make a, make a Spider-Verse and, like, keep going. But it was I mean, just the movie, weird. And, the like, movie bombed, so they were like, maybe not. So bad. Also, no. Toby's getting old. Do you know that Toby is almost, f- is like 50 years old? Yeah, I googled that after the movie and I didn't like it. Um, Andrew Garfield's 38. Didn't like it. That scared me. I was like, he's he's in his mid-30s. I was like, he's almost 40. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think Venom, because he's like anti-Spider-Man, that would be good. He got butchered in the original ones, so let's fix him. 
and Tom Hardy is an excellent Venom, Jen. I highly recommend going to watch Venom. It's <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen the second one yet, but yeah. but uh, Tom Hardy is an excellent Eddie Brock, and the so the concept uh, I will say the concept introduced in Let There Be Carnage, which is the second yeah. um, Venom movie. I haven't seen it, but I have talked to people about it, and the concept that's introduced in it is that the human vessels for the symbiote, so like Eddie Brock, for example. Mm-hmm they are not aware of each other but the symbiote is one cogniz is has a hive mind Ooh, so spooky so if so the little piece of the symbiote that was left behind right Mm -hmm. if someone else was to be like infected or possessed or however you want to call it sony's venom like eddie brock's venom would know who that person is Mm. like the human eddie brock wouldn't but venom would know who that is yeah because of the hive mind so that was an interesting concept that i think sony brought in and i wonder if they did that in this case because maybe there's going to be more crossover yeah with that stuff i don't because i there were talks that tom hardy was going to because there's no more like secrets anymore like everyone saw toby and andrew and tom hardy on the sets of spider-man they initially thought that tom hardy was going to interact with spider-man he didn't it was just for the post-credit scene um but there's been a lot of like and in in like a deleted venom 2 scene they like talk in vague terms about what's going on in the MCU. Mm. So there might be some crossover there or they might just introduce a whole new Venom. Maybe both Venoms meet. I don't know. But it's going to be very interesting. And obviously the MCU is going on outside of Spider-Man stuff because Multiverse of Madness is coming and the trailer looks amazing. I am very excited. Okay, so I I still haven't seen the first Doctor Strange movie just because... (gasps) I know. I had a couple years where I kind of like fell off and I didn't really watch it right now Marvel movies like i'm gonna end the episode go watch it right now it's on my list of stuff i'm watching over break i am i am doing a rewatch of movies that i felt like i didn't appreciate enough the first time i saw oh them. you you uh, uh, the, the, uh i okay but i'm also okay <laughs> and obviously i haven't seen dr strange so it's on the list i i am one of those people I know that there's few of us, but we are we are passionate. I uh, find Benedict Cumberbatch to be one of the most beautiful humans to ever walk this earth. Okay, yes, very much like Benedict Cumberbatch, big fan. And he is an incredible actor. He, the first Doctor Strange, it's so good. The it's so is, good. I wasn't really sold on it just because with every other Marvel movie, I went in sort of knowing the character. Like, obviously, when you went to see the first Iron Man, like, you knew who Iron Man was. When you went to see the first Captain America, yeah. like, you knew who he was. So I remember when Doctor Strange came out, I was like, oh, I don't really know who this is. Like, I'm going to just skip this one. Like, it's probably not going to be that important. And then every, he's like... Every thing is important. That's he, the thing about the MCU. Every little yeah. thing is important. I, did you see WandaVision? I just watched it like last oh. week. <laughs> WandaVision. Sorry it's to people. So who good. Love, sorry to people who love Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki and whatever. WandaVision was the best project aside from No Way Home. WandaVision was the best project that Marvel put out in 2021. I haven't seen the other like mini series yet. I think I'm gonna watch. You those. have to watch them all. They're all important. I think I'm gonna do those when I get back to school. I think I'm gonna. I have a whole plan. I think I'm going to do the rest of the movies that I want to watch or rewatch while I'm home and then do the series when I get back to school. You have to watch them break. all. They they said that 
literally if you you can like not watch the shows to watch the movies but you will be so lost like well there, you won't be so lost but there'll be mm-hmm. certain things through your head because yeah. it's so important now but wandavision was incredible and it was so good the way that like each episode was its own like decade i will say the last two episodes i was like can this girl just catch a catch a break like no. th- this poor woman like and that was my only complaint with it was i felt like the last two episodes were so avengery that i was like oh yeah like yeah right we're watching have- marvel when you under when you when because she's in she's in multiverse of madness, so they were just setting her up, yeah. introducing her like as the Scarlet Witch to like <gasps> when they said her name for the first time. Yep, um, because I love Wandavision. Though. She she is going to be they have I mean they kind of made it seem like it's going to be the what if Doctor Strange that's mm-hmm. the villain, but if you know anything about the MCU that she's gonna be one of the villains in multiverse of madness so it's just gonna be three hours of it's also almost three hours of of wanda just fucking up everybody's shit anyway let's not bore ariel anymore i see her like almost about to fall asleep um that was my 40 minutes that's my that's my spider-man dissertation i'm so glad you guys uh sat with me through it and now let's get to hockey because that's what we're actually here for hockey am i right um because we missed a lot guys we we did everything happened we missed so much, and I just took up forty minutes of our time talking about Spider Man. But it had no, to be but done. like as we should. Okay, so let's let's start with the one of the most recent things was that Kale McCarr scored the most like nasty goal I've ever seen in my entire life. Incredible, disrespectful. <laughs> um, he broke Kirby Doc's ankles, so R.I.P. to him. Um, and then when just when you think that can't be bad, you you're like, oh well, he broke his ankles. That's bad enough. Oh no, it gets worse. So after the game obviously kale was asked about the goal oh you sent this to us okay this is him, yeah, this is him yeah, talking about that. the goal i just need to you guys did i just the, the sheer disrespect of this quote from our good friend adrian dater who asked the greatest question of all time to nathan mckinnon this is this is his quote of kale it says for me it was a little lucky to be honest the goal which like shut up like cool yeah okay their d Whoever their name was, ah! he overcommitted a little. Whoever their name was, that's like the verbal equivalent of the jersey check. Like he just verbally yeah, turned him around and looked at his name. <laughs> like, who are you? Hasn't he played with Kirby before, like on Team Canada and shit? Oh well, shit, I'm he sure. definitely yeah, has. I'm very sure of that. Well. <laughs> R.I.P. Like, I just sat there and I stared at the quote. I was like, he just ended his entire life. Like, if I yeah. was Kirby Doc, I'd never leave my house again. No, R.I.P. Just... his ankles and his soul. It's like, just done. Like, I'd be like, bro, why? Like, was it, was it like, humiliating me on, like, on te- national? It was an ESPN game, by the way. Oh, God. <laughs> Wasn't humiliating me on ESPN Plus on the ice enough for you? Now you're like, oh, who this? Like, I can't. I, I was just bewildered. So good. Whoever their name was. So good. Whoever their name was. Sorry to Kirby. I'm pouring one out for you tonight at the at the Hurricanes game. Honestly, yeah, Kirby, if you want to come tell your side of the story on the Bunch of Beauties podcast, <laughs> we would love to my have New you. Year's, my New Year's resolution for us, guys, is that we will have our first guest this year. I'm manifesting it. I would and love that. If, 
if Kirby Doc would love to come here and just like tell his side and like defend himself to Kale, I would love that. I would, I'm here for it. I would love that for him. Gosh, a bunch of beauties is a safe space. It it really is. <laughs> oh my goodness! So um, that happened. Anyway, I had to get that out there because I just like I wherever Kirby Doc is, I hope he's okay. I feel like we're just gonna do a speed round of everything that happened just like this honestly okay now uh we had a few things happen over Christmas that were big um the world juniors uh got postponed midway through uh I think they're gonna revisit playing it again it just makes too much money for the double IHF for it to not happen Mm. um but for now they can't play it um so it was canceled postponed whatever it was uh I don't know what to say about like about like the status of it other than it's yeah. not being played right now. Um they had well, too many positives. Um USA had to forfeit a game uh in the process. It sucks because it was a game they would have handily won. Um and they were uh on track to try to repeat as gold medal winners, which they had never done before. Uh it and it sucks. Canada was a wagon. Uh Connor Bedard was showing us everything he had and it was astonishing that at 16 he was just stunting on everybody um him and Michkov from Russia were just basically putting on a show for everybody so it's a shame that it got canceled I'm gonna say canceled yeah I don't know they might I don't know whatever so that's just a huge bummer uh some of them however will be going to the like Matt Paneers uh was uh on the list that I saw of mm-hmm. players that may play for USA in the Olympics. Um honestly, I would just send the juniors team yeah. um to the Olympics, but they want adults there for whatever reason. Uh <laughs> even though they're not as good. Um but yeah, I mean, we could talk about that also. So, the NHL players aren't going to the Olympics. Uh that was the other big like announcement. I, I we talked about in theory them not going and that yeah. it was a possibility that they weren't going, but and now it's a hundred percent it's hundred percent yeah. certain that they're not going. Um some players are pissed off about it. For me, you can't be pissed off about an agreement that you agreed to mm-hmm. that had a clause yes. in it that said the yes. NHL could pull you out at any point. Yes. That was and- kind of my whole thing was like all these players were mad, but like which like fair. Mm-hmm. In in their reason, like oh, you dream about this, like that's fair, but were you part of the reason that you weren't going? Because I mean, obviously, I'm sure the NHL was like the final final decision, but they kind of had left it up to the players, which we know if they left it up to the players solely, they'd gone anyway. I but- also just am having trouble feeling bad for them because <laughs> like, I mean, it sounds bad, but like with the world, the world junior situation, yeah. for example. The women didn't even get a World Juniors. Like, yeah, their their U eighteen tournament was. Well, they said they're gonna try to play it at another. They're going to try to play it, but like because uh, like some city said they'll host. Some city, I think it was in Canada, said they'd host it, so they're Mm -hmm. trying to like get it done. But yeah, the U 18s for the women were canceled for the second year in a row. They they didn't even get to start. They didn't. um, I will say though, so I I have co-workers that have worked on the like national like team side of yeah. the sport it is very expensive for these countries like, it was supposed to be in sweden for these countries to put on a tournament it is especially to bubble these players it's very 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 expensive and unfortunately this is of this is 
no fault of these women, these girls at all. However, it is just a fact of life that these tournaments for these women do not make as much money as the world juniors the world oh, yeah, juniors, absolutely the boys world juniors is one of the most profitable tournaments that the double ihf holds so that's why they tried to put it on at all costs because it is a money printing machine for them unfortunately the u18 team if if the u18 tournament for the women if the i think it was sweden was to put it on they would have put it on at a huge financial loss and especially in a pandemic you can't do that no, so, I I understand. I completely why understand. Why it happened? It's just, it's just annoying. It's the I think what my what pisses me off is no effort to try to postpone it for another date. I think that's yeah. the thing. Like the World Junior Boys, immediately when it was canceled, postponed, whatever, there were talks like we'll find another time to put it mm-hmm. to finish it out. Like when the U eighteen women get canceled, it's just okay. It's canceled. They're not going to play. And, and it took all this pushback and then another city saying yeah. we'll put it on for you to say oh maybe we can hold this tournament so i think that's what it is it's a lack of effort yeah and the the other thing yeah. is like obviously sam explained there are like legitimate reasons why it didn't happen but there is none of that transparency so like what it yeah. looks like if you're just if you're someone who doesn't devote every waking moment to the sport like we do um just like looking from the outside it's just like oh the guys were able to do it but the girls weren't and like I I think that they had been saying like oh it's for COVID reasons which is just like such a blanket and then it's like again if you're on the outside looking in are you supposed to be like oh like girls can get COVID but boys can't like the whole I just yeah the whole thing was handled very badly like they definitely could have handled it a lot better but I mean that's hockey, right? They definitely could have handled it a lot better. That, that's just the motto that yeah. hockey could have been handled better. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's just how it is. And and everything thankful- could be handled better. Thankfully, a lot of people stood up for these girls because it is, and it's a fair statement that it is one of their only chances to show off their talent yeah. on a large enough stage that colleges will see them. Potential, you know, governing national bodies and the phf will see them so it's it's understandable that you know these girls should get that one chance that they have to for their hockey playing future they shouldn't have to give up a game that they like playing a game that they love just because i couldn't play in this tournament so no college saw how good i am yeah and i can't get a scholarship so i can't play i can't play college hockey so my playing career is over like that's not fair so it's a it's a it's just you see both sides of the coin when mm-hmm. you're so like ingrained in the sport um and i just hope that the girls get what they deserve um because they deserve to play a tournament so hopefully when when they find time to play replay the boy like finish out the boys tournament they'll also play the girls tournament I agree. um anyway back to the men's <laughs> side of things with the yeah. olympics um i like we were saying i feel like the whole time the agreement was we can go you can the nhl we will let the nhl players go to the olympics because they've been dying to play for the in the olympics and we understand how important it is and how much of an honor it is to play for your country and all that they made this agreement with the pa but there was always a stipulation that if the nhl felt it was detrimental to the nhl season which is their main obviously the main source of income for the league they had the right to pull the players out 
So I understand players expressing their disappointment. But when Brad Marchand goes on Twitter and says, like, that the <laughs> NHL violated an agreement or whatever. That was no, a- No, they fucking didn't. That was a fever <laughs> dream. Waking up That's that day. Hilarious. Like, oh. I have a mental list of, like, top ten, like, days on Twitter when Twitter was just great. Like, not necessarily good things that happened in the world, but just days that Twitter was great. The day Trump got COVID was an incredible Twitter content day. Of like, course. jokes, memes, everything. I think that Brad Marchand just, like, he was already unhinged. Just going to the next tier of unhinged over this, I think that has cracked my top ten favorite days on Twitter. Because it was just... It was ridiculous. Like, (laughs) here it is. He said, the NHL and PA can change the rules of the CBA and add a taxi squad so that they don't miss any games and don't lose any money, which has already been agreed upon that the players will pay back in escrow so the the escrow thing is just a whole other situation are made whole from what they have lost during the pandemic regardless of how many games are missed yet they can't do a taxi squad during the olympics does he understand how it works how that works like a taxi squad during the olympics would be more than like a couple players Yeah. yeah you would have to call up for some teams you would have to call up like half of a roster i was gonna say yeah. like almost a full team yeah because yeah. you have like a like let, let's let's take the rangers for example right you have igor shesterkin who could potentially be involved in team and panarin who could be involved in team russia if russia forgives panarin for whatever <laughs> mika zibanejad <laughs> would be going for sweden adam fox for team usa potentially more defensemen for team usa and lindgren truba etc yeah like you a filipino because i don't know how many players they would like the czech republic he could even be involved like Mm -hmm. that's like half of a roster and then what do you what do the rangers do when it's time to play games exactly that's (laughs) that's not a taxi squad that's replacing your entire team (laughs) that's your ahl squad and we've i was gonna say with the ahl we've already kind of seen like half a team or even more have to get replaced with the islanders when they were away for like the first month of the season and then that's affects the ahl squad I was yeah. just going to say, so then you're pulling, like, half the AHL team to come play in the NHL, which who knows if they're ready for that or not. And then, like, did any of us enjoy what happened with the Islanders at the beginning of the season? Because, no. personally, I did not. You guys did not. I doubt Islander fans did. I doubt the players enjoyed it. So, like, why are you suggesting that we do that with every team in the league? Like... And, and, <laughs> and what on what planet? Because... The NHL is not stupid. They, they, this is a league that relies on tickets, ticket sales. Yeah. They rely on gate revenue. No one is going to go to a fucking Ottawa. uh, Okay. Let's not do Canada because of their attendance restrictions. No one's going to go to an Arizona Anaheim game that has half of their AHL team playing on either side oh, no one is going to show up to that game no. so then they'd have to postpone the games anyway because they're they're postponing games in canada because they can't they can't have fans mm-hmm. yeah that would basically be how it is in the states with half these rosters yeah nobody their players. would go nobody would go yeah. because guess what they're all going to be home watching their favorite players play in the olympics not literally yeah so this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard because it's not the same a taxi squad for the olympics is not the same as it's not a taxi squad it's an entire team. Oh, literally. Said, he said, please <laughs> tell me that's not 
and for all and for all of you who want to pipe back about forfeiting pay while being gone, not a problem. No one said anything about forfeiting pay while you're gone. Yeah. He's so mad. Like I understand. <laughs> He's listen, so mad. He's so I mad. Understand, I understand. A lot of players maturely express their disappointment in not being able to go. I completely understand that. Yeah. Completely. Guess what? It's not happening. So calm down. And Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid made an excellent point. He's like, why don't we just play a, why don't we make our own best on best tournament and play it in the summer? Yeah. Yes. Bring a concept, back, a fucking concept. So sure. Play, have the world cup. Every cup do make the world cup of hockey. Last time was excellent. Do another world that. cup, do a world cup of Team hockey North every few years in the summer. Team North America was the best thing that's ever yeah. happened to Team me. Team North America Team was North America. the most beautiful fever dream that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I miss it so much. Morgan Riley and Johnny Goudreau being best friends was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Just all of them, like, celebrating together. Bring that back. I don't care. Morgan Riley mic'd up when they won that huge game. Please. Anyway. I just yep. think it's a stupid. I just think it's the dumbest thing ever that like some of these players like Marchand are so butthurt about something they agreed to. Literally. A clause, a clause that they agreed to. And these are the same players that w- don't want to be tested for COVID if they're asymptomatic. <gasps> that's a whole other problem. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's another soapbox no. I can get on because I saw Pat Maroon. I think it was. Mm-hmm. He retweeted someone talking about, like, like just let the athletes play. Like, stop with the testing if they're asymptomatic, blah, blah, blah. He has a newborn child at home and a wife oh, who's postpartum. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, so you're telling me that you're willing to unknowingly bring an, an infectious pandemic disease into your home where your newborn child and your and your wife are vulnerable? Yeah, like, that's the whole thing. I feel like we shouldn't have to say it i feel like this should be common sense but like obviously if you're asymptomatic like you still have covid like we all know that right like 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 no apparently we don't (laughs) and that's the thing is like you obviously doing anything is a risk right now like literally like going to the grocery store is a risk right now but like there there are different levels of risk Going to the grocery store with two of my little masks on is a much different risk than Pat Maroon playing a full contact sport where people just aren't getting tested and potentially bringing that home to, like you said, his recovering wife and his newborn. Like, and I I don't understand what the fuss about getting tested for these players is. I was going to say, I don't know what the fuss about getting tested is, but obviously if you're us, like... It can be hard to get a test. It can be hard to find a place that's doing them to schedule it, whatever. If you're an NHL player, that's, like, all at your fingertips. Like, just do it. Just they get literally the come in, of your nose. They literally have, like, ner- like, medical staff that come in every day and just test them real quick. Like, I don't understand what the fuss is. You don't want the Q-tip up your nose? You're, you're a little baby? You don't and, want the Q-tip? Uh, like, I think it was Connor Hellebuck who went on this whole tirade, and, and it really upset me. He, especially, like, with Canada, like, being the way that, like, as strict as it is. And he's he's standing there like, this has been really hard on all of us. I'm like, no shit, it's been... Up. <laughs> I'm, like, sh- I'm like, are you the only people that exist in this world? Like, it's been hard for everybody. Literally. Who the fuck, like... And then he's like, the fans deserve to see us play. I'm like, 
what the fuck are you on about? Like, I just, like, it was just so, like, entitled that, like, we yeah. deserve to play in front of fans and the fans deserve to see us. Like, who are you to say that? And, like, you're not, your your experience is universal, my guy. Like, it's not just you having a hard time, not being able to see your family, getting tested, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. everyone is going through this pandemic at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everyone is experiencing these issues. <laughs> if and, you haven't and, noticed... <laughs> And like you said, Jen, like getting tested for him is so easy. There are people who have to sit in their car for like five hours. Hours, I I know. So this isn't about testing. This is about getting vaccinated. But my friend who lives in Canada, she went to get her booster and she waited in line for six hours. That's insane. She said 3000 people came to this test testing site. And because they were only allowing in three people at a time, they only saw like 300 before they had to cut off the line. Jeez. And the only reason she got in was because she got there two hours before they opened. Yeah. So it's cry it's me a similar river. for testing. Yeah. Cry so. me a river that the vax was readily available for you and that the testing is readily available for you every day and you're going to bitch and moan that you don't want to do it. It's entitled behavior. Yeah, that that's exactly what it is. And I mean, I feel like we do see this a lot where because um, I was gonna say NHLers, but like just any kind of athlete, they're sort of on this pedestal and they have a lot of things at their disposal. They sort of take it for granted. Um, but I mean, that's just heightened in a pandemic. Like think about how many things they have at their disposal that they're just like, no, like, no, thanks. And it's also just like, you're, you're talking about you're entitled to play. You deserve to play. Okay. Do you want another shutdown? Cause we can go back to where we didn't play for like months. Like we can do that. Yeah. We can. It it just really, it really riles me up because it's like, this has been so difficult on all of us. And part of the reason why it's still going in 2022 when this thing started in 2020 is because of the, of that attitude of like, well, I deserve, I deserve to be able to go to my hockey game and see my hockey team in person. Like respectfully, no, you don't. Like all all respect no you do not like uh, going to a hockey game is a fucking choice going to my place of work or whatever is not a choice yeah like sorry um but enough of that because like we're just gonna get go in circles and get like really like heated (laughs) we're just gonna Um, get upset (laughs) let's do some let's talk about something else more recent and it can tie into ariel talking about flyer stuff because i'm sure she has a lot to say um unfortunately guys the pittsburgh penguins are still good bad it's sad <laughs> it's it sucks i hate it um they've won 10 in a row which is a league uh high i believe for a team 10 put in a row. it away yeah, I, yeah uh, I think it's a yeah and uh here's, put it away let's well, how about this uh uh gensel no. is on pace for 51 goals <laughs> put it uh, away Brian uh, you, you, Russ- wait you mean um according to espn philadelphia flyer jake gensel oh god uh, apparently last night on espn <laughs> someone said that hockey is a violent game like no fucking shit um okay. i've been really like sailor mouth today i'm sorry it's okay. uh, brian brian rust is on pace for 38 goals nope. and this is the this is the one that gets me evan nope. rodriguez is on nope. pace for 37 goals no thank you stop where stop was it. this when you were a saber evan do not support um i hate it I am very much upset by it. Uh, Chris Letang is like a point a game. So no. Is so is Sidney Crosby. I'm tired of hearing. No. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And th- 
And this is the stupidest thing. They they still don't have Evgeny Malkin. Evgeny Malkin's gonna be back. I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad. tired of it. I'm tired. I'm just tired of it. Um, but that ties into the Flyers, Ariel, because as you so eloquently uh, mentioned, they played the Flyers yesterday. <laughs> I mean, did they play the Flyers or did they play the Phantoms? Um, I'm That's not, fair. That's still fair. not quite sure if we talk about AHL lineups being played in the NHL. Um, <laughs> funny we mentioned that. <laughs> funny we mentioned well, that earlier. Uh, here's yeah, an example. Yeah. We can start off with the funny that the fact that, yes, Jake Gensel is apparently a Flyer, so na- no takebacks, Penguins. Um, he's ours now. <laughs> Um, because ESPN put out an alert. Oh, I have to find it. Yeah, it says Jake Gensel's second period goal cuts into Penguins' lead. That was yeah, fantastic. It's like Yikes. title Gensel gets flyers on the board. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, he's ours now. You can't have him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. Last night happened. Um, it went <laughs> exactly as we all expected. As expected. Oh. Let's see, the Flyers did not have Claude Giroux, Ivan Provorov, Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, Sean Couturier. We're going to say Ryan Ellis, but they haven't had Ryan Ellis like the entire season. Still counts. Still counts. Um, they got Derek Broussard back. Like, great, but... King. They Wouldn't we all like to teams. have Derek Broussard back? <laughs> Wouldn't we all? But it went exactly as expected with, like, six players in protocol, like, nine or ten not in the lineup to begin with. Yeah. Um... They weren't bad to start. Like, they didn't look as horrible as you may have thought they did. And they played well in the second period. And then the third period happened. And it all I can't even say anything about the full game because I was, like, not covering this game by or out. We're not going to... <laughs> We're not gonna Don't subject myself. yourself to that. Yeah. We're not going to hurt myself to this yet. I went to post game and asked a question anyway, but that's another story. But... So true. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, they should feel bad. Um, but also the fact that <laughs> they the should be upset with themselves. Played. It was more so that the game even got played to begin with was another thing when yeah. what was it? Ducks Red Wings got postponed because the Ducks had five players in protocol. Yeah. Um, we had six, but you know, whatever. You know, they're very um, selective with that. Yeah, we played with the. Well, you you know well why that game got played last night. We all know why that game got played uh-huh. last night. That was the ESPN Plus game. So, of course, that one got played. Um, and... Speaking of, I, I don't want to interrupt you guys, no, but apparently uh, an update on Kirill Kaprizov, who got absolutely rocked last night by Ooh. Trent Frederick. Yes. Uh, according to the head coach of the Wild, it does not look good. Ooh. That's understandable. So uh right. I thought right away I thought right away you were gonna say concussion. I'm like that just looked uh yeah. I think it was that he needed help off the ice, but I don't remember if it was a concussion. I didn't see the hit, so I don't remember if it was a concussion. I saw it, but I only saw it like once. I didn't know if it was like, like a body part broken or like a concussion. Um I'm gonna look I up wouldn't the hit be right surprised now. if it was concussion, but I also wouldn't be surprised if something broke. Because he was like already going down when the hit got made. I'm gonna look at it right now. I'm pretty sure. But while I say Ooh. while you yeah, while I say while you look at that. Um yeah, just continue. for a little fun little game. This is what the Flyers look like at practice today, which by the way, does not include Cam Atkinson or Derek Broussard. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Both not at practice. Um we'll Yeah, it doesn't look later. like sorry. It doesn't look no, like so he didn't need help off the ice, but he went straight to the locker room. I wonder if it's a concussion. It also could be something shoulder related from what it looked like. Yeah, like I just said, I had only seen it one time, and I was trying to remember from, like, memory. 
of what it looked like, but anyway, back to more pain. Sorry. It, back it, to more it, pain. It, back to more pain. Yes, Broussard and Atkinson are not at practice today. We'll find out later. I swear yeah. to God, if Broussard hurt himself again, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'll be, so I'll, these... you'll, you'll be, you'll be Joel Farabee in the tunnel. Yes. <laughs> well, that's already me. That's already me. Destroying yeah. the stick. Anyway, these, these are your forward lines and trust me, I will understand if you don't recognize some of these names. Uh, so your top line, Farabee, Lawton, Jerry Mayhew, okay. Um, okay. Van Riemsdyk, Hayes, Willman. Okay. Okay. Um, Yay for Max third, Willman. The third line, best line I think there is on this team, Lindblom, Frost, and um, no one. I see where you're reading it from. It just says Lindblom, Frost, and then it's blank. <laughs> uh, and, oh, yeah, because <laughs> you see my quote tweet. Um, and then Bunneman, Brown, McEwen. Okay. Your defense. Yeah, your defense is your defense. It is uh, Cam York and Justin Braun. Okay. Igor Zamula and Rasmus Ristolainen. But you have Rasmus Ristolainen, so it's all good. The so savior. Everything's fine. And Keith Yando and Kevin Kanaan. But guys, Rasmus Ristolainen is, is the best defenseman to ever play hockey. He Didn't can you know save that? your franchise. Kale, Honestly, who needs Kale McCarr when you have Rasmus Ristolainen? Remember when Honestly, he saved the Sabres? Remember, guys? The only thing I can say about Ristolainen in the past couple days is someone apparently owes the man a lot of money because he's literally just murdered like any everyone. I that sounds like Rasmus Ristolainen. That sounds par for the course. The other day, because I texted my friend about it, because she, um, she likes him. I don't. I think just I don't remember why. I forget why she liked him. I'm sorry for her. I was trying to find I can't find it through those. Um because I know he hit a man like three times and then the they almost pulled off like the Zegris like play again, like over the back of the net. Like directly after this man got rocked like three times in a row by Ristolainen. Which I thought was hilarious. Did you see own. uh that Milano are you talking about Milano? Sonny Milano tried it to no. no one? Sonny Milano, that's a name. No, not that. Wait. He's well. He's the one that's people don't know. He's the one that oh, actually scored the Zegers assist. Maybe that was because they did just play the Ducks. Yeah, he's the one that scored the Zegers assist. But then he tried this like it, in. He was the one that it, lifted the puck yes. over the net. But Zegers is out with COVID, so he wasn't there to you know bat it in. I think so it just that went to was no one. Him, yes, because he got hit like three times in a row by Ristolainen, and then just casually tries to pull it off. I'm like, I'd be dead. And then Troy Terry, then Troy Terry dropped a hat trick. Yeah, well, sad. Just it, it's all sad, but yeah, that's what the Flyers look like today. So yikes, that's, that's a lineup. Just it's exactly what I said. Like everyone talking about, like the Flyers need to just blow it up. Look, guys, that's what it might look like if they blow it up. Yikes! It will look like that. It will um, look like that. The Hurricanes play for the first time tonight since New Year's Eve. Yay! Um, what happened then, by chance? Um, the most wild game I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> happened on New Year's Eve. So, uh, it was a matinee afternoon game on New Year's Eve. I'm like, great, fucking <laughs> everything that everybody loves of 12, 1 p.m. game on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Um, they played in Columbus. They immediately went down four to nothing. Four to one? No, four to nothing. It was against four to Columbus. One. It was four nothing against Columbus. And I was, <laughs> it like, was great. four nothing. I was like, great, cool, sick. 
then uh, they just scored seven unanswered goals because they can. For fun. Just casual. Uh, two of them were by Brady Shea, so I was living my best life. Um, but yeah, then they uh, promptly haven't played since then because they were supposed to be in Toronto. And uh, they said, well, there's not going to be fans in Toronto, so don't bother coming. Um, <laughs> so they didn't go to Toronto. And now they're playing a back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. And I will be at the game tonight uh, against the Calgary Flames, who played last night and lost to the Lightning. So, great. Um, <laughs> so, great. I'm sure, I'm sure tonight will be, I'm sure it'll be fine. A completely, uh, a, ga- a team that hasn't played in, like, a week and uh, a team that just played last night and got their asses handed to them. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? No, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Um, it's also uh, Elias Lindholm will be in town, and uh, everyone hates him now. So uh, that'll be great. <laughs> that'll be great. Just cash. I I'll never understand that. That's like a soapbox for another day. I about, don't either. Like, about so he wanted to stay. It was an issue with money, and then the problem is when they first came back to Carolina, there were four of them that had that had been on Carolina the previous year. It was Bill Peters, the coach, who we all know is the worst. Uh, Derek Ryan, Noah Hannafin, and Elias Lindholm. Instead of thanking them separately, they put all four of them up on the Jumbotron and said, like, thank you, which is the stupidest thing ever because you drafted Lindholm and Hannafin in the first round, and that's all you give them. (laughs) Anyway, but then the fans were booing. They were booing Bill Peters. But how are the players on the ice supposed to know that? Yeah. Elias Lindholm promptly was upset. Of course. And I believe he scored, if not two goals, a hat trick. And they beat the Hurricanes. So at the end of the game, Elias Lindholm, when they like went to like the, the flames went to like dap each other up, Elias t- pretended to do the skull clap for the for the storm surge. To which Hurricanes fans were like, What the fuck? Why would he do that? We were so nice to him. Blah blah blah. And we weren't booing him, we were booing Bill Peters. How is he supposed to know that? Yeah. Are you just supposed to shout like by the way, this isn't for you. Like, so he took offense to getting booed, which I would too. You put your heart and soul into a team. You want to stay. They they, they don't want to pay you, so they trade you away. And then you get booed? Yeah. Hello? So I, watch this. I don't I don't get it. I, I mean, it's going to be a shit show. I mean, I went to the game against the Sabres, and it was a shit show. They all hate Jeff now, which is also very weird to me. Um, and... Like, literally a dude behind me was yelling, like, Jeff Skinner, I'm your mom's favorite hockey player. I'm like, okay. 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 Um, okay. Thanks again, for sharing. He, again, he didn't want to leave. The new regime just said, uh, it's time, so bye. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so lots going on in the hockey world. Um, but we're at an hour and ten minutes, and I actually have to bounce in, like, five minutes. I have to go out, so. I'm gonna get Chipotle. Woo! I am <laughs> taking my grandma to a doctor's appointment. You should get Chipotle after. I don't even know where Chipotle is around here. There's a lot of Moe's around here, not as much Chipotle. Okay, I support still. I yes. I'm I'm I may be getting dinner going out to dinner before the hockey game, so I think <gasps> I'm gonna hold off. So that'd be so fun. Yeah, if my mom's filling up to it, we're getting ramen. Yummy. Woo. So fun. Um, but yeah, so I, this was a great first episode back, guys. Yay. New year, new us, same chaos. Same us. Um, <laughs> yeah, new year, same us, actually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully our resolution can come true this year. The podcast will be bigger, better, and we'll have some guests. Yes. Um, but 
as always, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked us, you can follow us on Twitter as well at Beauties Pod on Twitter. We will be more active on there. I say that every episode, but I promise we'll be more we'll be more active <laughs> on there. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other episodes too. If you if this is your first time listening, you can go back and hear more of our chaos. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So thank Bye. you guys.